Hello, and welcome to this week's Key Voices, conversations with folk in and around education. I'm Caroline Doherty. This week, I am talking to Viv Grant, founder of Integrity Coaching, and Colette Morris, head teacher at Christchurch Primary School. Viv and Colette are working together on Integrity Coaching's Race, Identity and School Leadership Programme. And we had a really fascinating conversation um, about how you can do this work in in schools in a a meaningful way. Uh, The things I took away from, from our chat was that however we racially identify ourselves, racism affects us all. The work that Colette has done at her school has been really powerful. And a big part of that has been because the all the teaching staff are doing it together. They're then expanding it to the TAs, to parents, to pupils. And, and it's a real collective piece of work. Also, the way that um, the work that has, we're just talking about has been done is, is really focusing on understanding your own context, finding your own lines of inquiry and things that you want to explore um, more explicitly about, about race, identity and how it affects your, your staff and your pupils. And also just being really open to, to conversations, thinking and, and doing this work because it is all of our work to do. As ever, I just like to remind listeners that this podcast is an opportunity to open up debate and discussions around topics. The views my guests and I are about to express are not the view of the key. For in-depth authoritative articles on the latest issues in education, check out thekeysupport.com. Hello. Today, I am joined by Viv Grant, founder of Integrity Coaching, and Colette Morris, head teacher at Christchurch Primary School. Hello to both of you. Hi, Caroline. Good Hello. to be with you this afternoon. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And um, if you could maybe um, both introduce yourselves and um, tell us a bit about your backgrounds. We're going to be talking today about the work that you've been doing together on race, identity and, and school leadership. And uh, really excited to hear more about that. But um, if we could just kick off with some quick introductions. Okay, so I, all right, I'll just <laughs> leap straight in. So Viv Grant, I'm a former head teacher, been in education now, I feel so old, around about 30 odd years. Um, and I now head up a company called Integrity Coaching, which really, if I'd say in a nutshell, just has a passion around, keeping head teachers and school leaders well, but well in a holistic frame. So that's not just well in terms of um, mental health, emotional health, well-being, but it's also around who we are, how we show up in the world. And the work that we're going to be talking today around race is part of that. So it's really about being well in the world, not just you know, for our own sakes, but in terms of everyone else who we are in relationship with. So that's me in a nutshell. I like that. Well, well in the world. Uh, great stuff. And Colette? So I'm Colette Morris and I'm head teacher, as you said, of Christchurch Primary in Battersea. And I've been in teaching for over 30 years and head of Christchurch for 12. Um, and really worked a lot on empowerment and being in the world, just like Viv has said, um, because 
we've done a lot of work here on outdoor learning and about how to keep ourselves well. Um, and the work that we've been doing with Viv is again about to how to keep ourselves as a community well and not have things that are hidden that people talk about that are not part of engaging the whole person, the whole child, the whole parent, the whole governor, the whole teacher in everything that we do. Great stuff. Now, um, obviously, you've been you've been working together um, for some time, but I I know that um, this is relatively new work for for you, you Viv, and um, in integrity. Um, why why have you um, moved into into this this new area of working with school leaders? Well, first of all, Karen, I think I'll say it's not new. Oh. It just has a different take now. So I've been doing work around, and Colette and I have known each other for a long time, <laughs> been doing work in this field for a long, long time. It's always been part of what I've been, what I've done as a head teacher and as a teacher. And in terms of race equality work in the past, I worked on programs for the DFE, designed my own programs of which Colette was a part for aspiring black minority ethnic school leaders, did work for the parliamentary health ombudsman around this work. So I've been doing lots of work around this for a long, long time. However, 25th of May last year, as we all know, with the murder of George Floyd, something inside of me changed. I think one, I was as a lot of people of color around the world were, I was really traumatized and triggered by that event. And in terms of all the, you know, the emotion that came to the surface and so forth, it really got me reflecting on the work that I've been doing in this, in this arena in the past. And I think I came to a conclusion really that if we were going to move forward in this work around race equality, there are a number of things that we had to address that one, it wasn't just for people who look like me, i.e. black and female, to be doing this work. There was work to be done for those who were who are racially you know, identified as white. And there was something about how do we have those conversations with them, particularly if 98% of our school leadership are white. So that was one aspect. There was another aspect in terms of looking at this work that very often, if you can imagine three circles um, and each circle has a line of inquiry, the first circle, who am I? The second circle, who are we? The third circle, what is ours to do? A lot of race equality work in the past and probably even still nowadays tends to go to the action. So what can we do? Doesn't look at self doesn't look about who we are in relationship with others and it's like Colette was saying at the beginning they're the conversations that have been had on the sidelines you can't have those conversations on the sidelines anymore otherwise things won't change so for me then it was a case of saying we need to bring those things from the margins into the center as a way to really help articulate and bring out into the open what really needs to be said around and to be done around race equality work. So that's where I'm coming from on this. It's not new, it's just a different take. Yeah, I, I'd like to just add a bit about that because you know I can go back 13, 14 years when I worked with Viv um, looking at myself as a leader and it was part of that work then. But also if you go back over 30 years as a Lambert storyteller um, and using, making sure all the books we used um, were books of good quality, but also that engaged um, artists that represented our children. You know, so actually to see people now saying, oh, 
this is something we must do, thinking, well, actually, we've been doing this for a long time. Actually, if you look at yourself, people have to recognize why those things are needed. And you can only do that by looking at the way you view things, because someone can give you a book and tell you it's good to use it. But unless you really recognize the power that you're holding in your hands, mm. you're not going to use it. And that's where Viv's work connects. Yeah, it's really interesting. Obviously, um, with, with both of you, quite a lot of experience in, in, in a London kind of context where, um, uh, you know, schools schools tend to be more more diverse and have more diverse um, populations of, of pupils, um, certainly. Um, do, you, do you feel that, um, you know, this 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 kind of wider conversation, as you say, um, Viv, a lot of it kind of tip, tipped off um, by by events of May last year is 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 broadening out um, in into into schools where where previously kind of race might not have been on the agenda so much. Oh, most definitely. What we are seeing is that schools in other parts of the country, so it's not London centric. So schools Norfolk, Nottingham, um, Surrey, you know, leafy white Surrey, all getting in contact, and it really is a sense. Um, I, I'm trying to think of the right word here, um, but what I am seeing is white senior school leaders saying, oh, we haven't been a part of this debate before. Oh, there now is a moral obligation and responsibility to step forward, admitting vulnerability, admitting I don't quite know how, but realising actually they have a responsibility to actually become more racially literate. Because really, at the end of the day, this is about educating all of our children to take their rightful place in society. So it really is about equipping every single school leader, no matter the shade or colour of their skin, to really engage with this conversation and to do the right inner work so that they can then do the right outer work in making a change. Is there anything you'd like to reflect on there, Colette? Yeah, I was just thinking that, you know, it's the responsibility of being in a community perhaps that's not got, is not ethnically diverse, is huge because the opinions, the stereotypes, all the way people think about people, it can be shaped and formed by you and what you do. Um, so again, in, uh, looking at the leadership, looking at the teaching force, looking at the TAs, looking at anybody who's giving information and teaching skills, and you're also teaching lots of others opinions, ideas that actually will then become part of who those young people are. And everybody needs that. So, so true there. And I think, yeah, as you say, really thinking about those fundamentals of the, the, the things that make up an identity or you know personality or behaviors um and you know recognizing the the the, the role you know of the the implicit that that you know children pick up pick up on um uh almost because I'm, I'm interested in this you know Ex sort of almost exactly what the the roles of, of of schools and educators should should be in the in this space because it it feels like we we are seeing momentum and as you say 
you know, lots more activity and thinking going on, which is which is great. Um, but then it's sort of, you know, there are so many things that schools are responsible for. We're in an interesting space where where people are doing something, but what does good look like and 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 what can everybody do everywhere? Um and, and how we might go about shaping that. Right, okay. I'll let Colette go and then I'll go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the things alongside the work we did, um, we're doing with Viv, looking, so the adults really looking at, at themselves and how they've grown up, their attitudes, their thoughts, what they've been taught. Um, we've also looked at our curriculum. Um, and just, I think it's being um, open to thinking and saying what's right for us in this context. It's, it's a bit like, you know, with I can make a parallel with outdoor learning, you know, if you live in a farm context and everybody's gardening every day, then you don't need to put gardening into your curriculum in, in the same way that if you've not got any experience with nature, then you will need to put some in. You know, I think we, some people already have through their curriculum um, things built in that help children look at their identity, who they are, um, their cultural heritage, and are help children become culturally competent in what they're doing and racially literate. Uh, but I think that's in that's a minority at the moment. And you know, some people think about it as just changing their curriculum, but actually it's a lot more than that because. You don't, there's a lot that's not said in schools, um, but it is said, but in other places. Um, and there's a, there's a kind of a norm that's been established that you don't talk about certain things in school. And I found here that people would send children to me if they thought they'd made a comment that might be racist or culturally inappropriate. And, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to work with Viv is I want everyone to be empowered, to have the language, to be feel that it is their role to work with people and, and to um, feel empowered that they can talk about these things, even if it's something that says, what makes you say that? Please tell me what makes you say that? So that you become kind of informed from your community too. But at the moment, quite a lot of it is segregated. So where people say, oh, people don't discuss it. Well, actually people do, but not in school. Yeah. Viv, over to you. Yeah, and just to pick up on, you know, Colette's point that people don't discuss, you know, race or racism and Colette's saying, but, you know, they do, but not in school. Part of the programme is, as Colette is saying, want to facilitate people to do that. And going back to your question about well, what is the per I think it's what is the purpose of school or maybe getting people to think about our education. Yeah, the kind of role of schools and educators, yeah. you know, in this. And I think the way that in which we can invite people to a deeper reflection around that, and we do this on the programme actually, we get people to think about their school days. What were you learning about school, about yourself as a learner, about teachers, about the purpose of education? And so much comes out of that. And then we ask, what were you learning about race? And then something else comes out. And that is a way of getting individuals to start to engage with that question from a very personal place. So I think there's an important discussion that, doesn't, that needs to be had around the purpose of education. 
And I think you engage people in that conversation if they start with themselves, first of all, because all of our experiences have shaped how we show up in the sector. And sometimes we almost need to look at how they have been constructed and almost do a bit of deconstruction and build back again so that we're doing this work. One of the um, quotes that I use is Parker Palmer and he says, um, we teach out of who we are. You know, and, and it's really clear, particularly around this work. You know, that's why I always say, you know, we can't keep going to the outer circle all the time as our default, because as Colette was saying about the books and so forth, if you don't have a strong positive racial identity, there's no point even sharing the book with a the child. They're going to pick up all the other internal stuff that you're trying so hard to hide and shield from them. They're going to pick it up. Can't you can't fake it? You know, there's if if it's fundamentally you're you you've not come to terms with your identity and who you are, and you're not being truthful to that. It's very it's very difficult when you're working with someone else. The confidence not to fake it. I think one of the things that you know, standing in your own shoes, and so you can say, "I don't know what does," yeah. and finding out, and also, I, th- I mean, one of the things that staff have commented on is that they've heard things that perhaps they might not have heard. And when I say heard, their ears heard it, but they heard it in a different way and thought, oh, we, we'll put that down and ha- we'll, we'll talk about that and we'll build it in. So things that perhaps would, I mean, hair is a big one. Hair is um, something, I mean, I haven't personally understood the obsession with wanting to stop people doing things with their children's hair. I mean, it's partly, I'm of mixed heritage and my children are and have a lot of hair. Um, (laughs) But there's always been what I've considered horrendous rules about hair. You know, we have one rule here and it it is that it's not in your eyes because actually that will impact on your eyesight. Absolutely anything else, you know, it's fine because, you know, and, and that's, I mean, that's a very simple thing to look at, but if you trace it through, kind of the past 30 years, children have been treated appallingly because of their hair. And yeah. it's hair. And it's, well, what can I say? I mean, look, it, it's just an example of one of the things that now people will engage with the conversation yeah. in a very positive way with children. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really important to engage with that, who, the self. Um, and people are gaining more confidence. And there are far more books as well, which is also good. Um, although, like I said, there have been books available for a long time that you just have to have to buy them. Yeah, it's um yeah, that's 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 really interesting. And and thinking a little bit about about your decision to um to to to, to do some specific work on this um with with Viv, what were you what were you looking to achieve um uh, you know across across the school and were there any sort of considerations or or, or challenges that 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 you, that you faced kind of kick it, kicking off tell us a bit about your experience well first first of all i wanted to when i first saw the advert for it i thought i'd done some coaching and with Viv and found it uh, so I did a did a course with Viv with um, some social workers it was a combined um, education and social work and I found that incredibly powerful but also the the looking at self and identity 
it just, I think it helped me be a head teacher because it made me confident to stand in my shoes, know who I am, with warts and all, and it was fine. And I think that once I'd been through that work and then I saw the advert, I thought, I want that for teachers here. So initially I thought about putting two teachers on it and I spoke to one teacher. And then I thought, how's that gonna work? You're gonna have two people feeling like me because I already feel that they need what I had, an opportunity to develop that sense of self within, um, with regard to race and identity. So I decided that the whole teaching staff and I spoke to one of the SLT who I'd been talking to about going on it. Um, and she, she just went, oh, that would be much fun. Because I think she, she thought, oh, same thing. You know, I would be me then feeling the same as you said you felt. Mm. Um, so actually, when you engage as a whole teaching staff, you've got people to talk about right through the week who understand exactly what you're talking about, can help you with things that you're struggling with. There's been so many conversations about the, the, the different um, focus that we've had each week, each time we've had a session. Um, and I bought lots of books, but not children's books, so books that were coming out and being promoted just so people could just get reading um, and then started thinking, actually, this is not a small piece of work. This is going to extend because I actually now would like to involve the TAs in it because they've been taken up in part of it because they can hear what's happening and see what's happening. Um, and then I, we've all got pieces of work that we're doing within the project. And mine is looking at racial literacy and talking about racial literacy with parents and their views on things. So we've, we've been working on that. So sounds absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Uh you know great to hear that um expanding to, to to TAs and this is just creating such a a buzz a buzz in your school and and I guess you know it's it, it, as you say um you know both experienced and and doing work around um race b before and there's a huge you know history of, of of the work that has been done but opening up to complexity and dialogue and as you say other research other ideas um, and you know, just using this as a jumping jumping off point sounds sounds fantastic. Viv, I'm going to bring bring you in and 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 hear more about how you how you created um, the the program and 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 sort of what underpins it and and how how it works. Okay, so gosh, I wouldn't really know where to start, but you know, because there's so much here. Some of it is very personal in terms of the approach to the program. Goes back to what I was saying earlier. I do believe it has to be around self. That has to be the core. I think there's something also about wholeness, which we don't talk about a lot. Well, two um, things actually: love and wholeness, and integrity. No, three things: love, wholeness, and integrity. <laughs> that I don't think I think can sometimes get lost in terms of anti-racist work. So we know we're against racism, but what are we for? And it's I. My feeling is it should be that we are for us being able to feel that we are whole human beings. I think for too long, individuals who, you know, have been, who have been racially marginalized, like myself and Colette, I think internally, and Colette will know this from the work that I did years and years ago with her and, and groups, we carry around this sense of not being quite whole, not being quite together for a whole range of reasons, racism being one of them. But if you've been racialized as white, it's almost as if 
you think that that doesn't apply to you. And with this work, what I really want to be able to people to see is actually racism impacts all of us. And for some, and it's about really understanding psychologically, emotionally, soul, spirit level, relational level, how it impacts. Because if you can understand that, your sense of agency around this work, your ability then, as I said, to show up well in the world and to be a real agent for change around social justice and race equality is going to be far more powerful than if it's just because you have taken certain action. So really they're the principles and the philosophy around it and really wanting anti-racism to be seen, and we explored this last time I was with Colette about, it's an act of love and, you know, Colette's, you know, team, yeah, it's a verb, it's a, you know, it's a doing word. You've got to get out there and you've got to do it. And with that comes passion. And I remember one of your team, Colette saying, yeah, you've really got to care about this work. Mm. There's something here, and which is, you know, my view around the program is, I want it to awaken something within, to pull something forward that perhaps, well, hasn't been invited in, in all the years of teacher training and all what's been going on in education, this part of us that says, actually, we can be, um, we can be champions around this work and do it from a place of what are we for? We're for wholeness. We're for being in good relationship with self and others. So that's really the philosophy around it. And in terms of the way the program works, it's a whole year and it's a series of workshops. Um, some have content, so you know, which Colette has sort of spoken to already, but we maybe might, might look at the race socialization cycle, people's um, experiences of school and how that relates to race. But equally, we're very clear about, we're saying audits alone and so forth do not make you anti-racist. So lots of audits came out, you know, after George Floyd's death. It's like, oh, yes, we'll grab this audit, we'll grab all this audit, we'll do a checklist and we're done. And in my head, I'm like, no, no, no. And so what I'm saying, what we're saying through the programme with schools is you must become experts in your own context. We can't do that for you. We can support you to do that. So that's what Colette was referring to, the lines of inquiry. So every member of staff in a school who's on the programme, um, so whether it's like Colette School, the teachers, or with some schools we work primarily with the senior leadership teams, they identify their lines of inquiry. So, you know, Colette has shared with you the lines of inquiry for her school. I can think of other schools where it's an all-white senior leadership team and they're looking at, well, what might be the white norms that, that operate in our school? How can we find out about them and how they might impact on individuals who aren't white coming into our setting? So it's really encouraging people to become experts. And we found that part of the programme really enlivening because we're saying, follow your line of interest, follow your line of curiosity. And what it means then is people take responsibility and that sense of agency, which I so want to come through from the program, they actually take that on board because they're recognizing it's for themselves, it's for their community, it's for their school. That's really interesting. I'd like that. Can I add there? Because it also makes it easy. <laughs> because if you're interested in something, you know what it is, um, you know the kind of anecdotes that go to make up what it is you're interested in. So because it Viv doesn't confine you, you can go on things that actually you've heard in classrooms or you've heard outside or you've heard and, and think, actually, I would like to know more about this because I think this is happening, but I don't know whether that's the case. Um, and one teacher went straight away and formed a group with children um, and asked their opinions 
um, around anti-racism because she'd, things had already come up within that group. So it was like, well, okay, let's really find out. And some great stuff came out of that. And just imagine, sorry, can I just come back and collect? Just imagine now for those children, because one of the things that we do on the programme is, you know, to what degree was race addressed when you were at school and so forth. Now imagine, mm. like, most people come back with nothing or it was, it was negative. Now imagine now for these children in collect school, imagine when they're older and if that question is ever asked or even when they're just being who they need to be just imagine how much more confident they will feel about who they are but also engaging with everyone because let school they discussed race it wasn't a big issue they made it part of who we are the way you discuss everything exactly you don't shy away from it just, mm. you know, thinking about, there was a book, and it was quite a long time ago, it must have been in maybe 1992, it was a, a book about an African city, um, and I remember one of the children who was, he'd come over from Ghana, and he'd been in our school probably about two years, uh, and he said, oh, this is such a good book, miss, because we're, we're always shown as poor, and he said, this shows people as, that have a life like I had when I was in Ghana. And it, it was just so nice. And that was, you know, however long ago that was. And I think, you know, and I recently heard someone else say how difficult it had been for her to sit in a lesson about slavery when nothing else was discussed to do with heritage. But then all of a sudden there was this big topic on slavery and the kind of all eyes on, on me. Um, and she found that phenomenally difficult. Yeah, it's, it's interesting what you're saying there about the the lines of inquiry. It, it you know it, it feels very um, similar to you know an approach to school improvement. And as you say, it's that's much more engaging when it's your your context and um, completely tailored to you versus like you know I could give you a hundred things that a good school might have and you're going to going to tick and say well that's not really relevant or we already did that and da, 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 da. and that like you say it's that audit format doesn't really work um because it's because it's too generic and actually having that really kind of um uh you know consultative approach and and people engaged in in working out what those lines of inquiry are is going to make the work so much more powerful and embedded one is one is tiring and the other one is energizing and I know which one I'd go for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm getting I'm getting a sense of that. Um, just just thinking about the um, this, the sessions that you've been doing, which which do sound wonderful. Um, do you have further plans, Colette, to kind of um, develop this this work after the the course is formally finished? You, you, now it's started. There's not. It's not. It's not going to stop because mm. of all the things that it's opened up. And and I think that. One thing that always strikes me every time we have sessions is our sessions are three hours. Um, and again, that energizing quality that the sessions have that then launch people out into the next week. Um, and you think sometimes you have a 45 minute staff meeting and everyone looks really worn out. You know, it, it, it's something that now it's started, people want to talk about, they want to engage with, they want to find out more. Um, and I know most of the books that I bought, they've read them all and they're giving me other titles. That, oh, this is, I've seen this or I've seen that. And people are really interested in what we're doing and the curriculum that we're de developing and changing. And they're all part of it. So it will continue into next year. Like I said, I'd quite like to do some work with the TAs. 
because they're they're also you know a big part of our community um and they haven't had the opportunity in the same way so doing some work with them also from the work that we've been doing with parents finding out i know from the survey that we did parents want a lot more just information so they're clear about what their children are learning about so that they can then do more themselves and talk about more at the same time we're doing it so we're going to be doing that but very much organic coming out of what's coming out rather than trying to invent it to sit on the top of it if that does that make sense yeah no definitely and I'm I'm interested to to hear more Viv about how you how you sort of balance there in your sessions, as you say, the kind of, um, you know, some of the theory and some of the more kind of academic um, work and this, uh, you know, um, emotional getting, getting to the heart of, of who, who we are. How, how does, how does that work? I'd be grateful actually for Colette's feedback on this actually, because I know how I think it works, but you know, Colette is on the receiving end. I think with a lot of our work, it's more about process. And hopefully Colette, you'll remember this for what I did on, you know, the, pro, the one about pedagogy. So we do some work around pedagogy, um, Caroline, and we talk about different um, educational philosophies ranging from starting with a liberal pedagogy, which most of us are aware of, our teacher at the front, I teach, you learn, you become liberal, you become free, that's what education is about, or the technical, which we're more familiar with, which is again, um, I teach, um, I teach and I accredit and you meet a certain standard, which, you know, it's all around performance based and so forth. But at the other end of that spectrum is another philosophy, which is called radical, which is, which is more to do with the, it's more a facilitative role, and it's where everyone is equal in terms of the learning process. So this program it focuses, whereas the whereas pedagogy, which is more liberal and has a technical focus, is more on content and being the expert. I'm very clear. I'm not an expert. I'm facilitating, and I'm drawing what's on the in the room to create our learning and to build on it together. So that's how. So it's having that kind of like philosophy in mind because from the radical position. You're about, you're about bringing about change together. You are co-creating something. I don't know if that makes sense. And I don't know, Colette, if, that, if you feel that's been your experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the theory was for me and for the, the staff a really important part of it. Because I think it's that, it's, it's not just about talking amongst yourselves about how things are. It's about educating yourselves as well um, and making sure that you're connected to that wider world of, um, of academic writing, of um, information, so that you then have something to, to work with. Um, because I think that if you try and do it without that, so I'd say actually, Viv, there's a, there's a brilliant balance within the work you do. Um, because there's not too much of either one or the other. Um, there's enough to inform and to give you, and to, I, I always think of it in terms of, I've been given a bunch of keys and now I have to go and unlock some things with it. <laughs> so you don't need loads because actually it's that spark. Mm. And then you've got time in between one session and the next to, to follow the things that you've been mm. given keys for. So you go and open up things that you're more interested in reading and different people have been interested in different things. Um, it's led them down different paths and that's 
it goes back to the whole thing about it's being about you and your experience of race and identity and you go now and unlock the things that are going to be meaningful for you so that balance um, of having the pedagogy um, and the personal exploration works really well yeah certainly sounds like yeah you've absolutely got the balance right and people have you know the energy and the enthusiasm to also then do the you know the more academic stuff because they're so so connected to it and, and you know and and feel that that sense that it does it does link to who who they are and it's not something for somebody else to worry about or somebody else to do and the things that Viv gives you the think pieces they're really well thought about so you know you know yourself busy school days lots of things to do you can overload by giving articles that are too long or there's too much they're really the think pieces are really carefully placed and I think that's the other thing about the work is that you don't feel somebody's just coming in and going through the motions they're little nuggets carefully placed together for a reason you know that whole it's got integrity I mean the name is in the company <laughs> it's, it's got integrity because you don't feel that your time is being wasted at all which sometimes when you're in things you think there's a lot of stuff here I've got a lot of reading I can't follow my way through it but it's all really carefully designed for a busy working person <laughs> great um well is, is is there anything else either of you want to say about about the the sessions that themselves or, or the, the work that you're that you're doing at the moment before we kind of move on to talk about the future did we did we mention at all the power of collective understanding because i think that's another thing that when you do a piece of work together is phenomenally powerful that that collective understanding mm. that grows because it's a shared understanding it can't stay the way it is because of the dialogue that enables it to grow and, it, and it's rooted in very rich soil um, that enables it to grow mm. which is why I said it, it's not going to be it's not going to be stopped because it's rooted really richly um, it might be pruned as we go <laughs> but that collective and shared experience and understanding is very powerful and gives people confidence yeah i think you've you've made a really a really strong case for engaging um with this work as a whole as a whole staff team definitely if you if you're going to take it um seriously um definitely and yeah viv it would be good to hear more about your your future plans uh to 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 develop this this work and just your general kind of hopes for for the, the school system um on this agenda uh, i think i've got two thoughts around this one is you know when we were talking earlier and i was thinking yeah you know it's not my phrase but you know it's the danger of a single story which is you know to amanda migozzi's ted talk where she talks about her own experiences you know of going to study in the united states and her roommate being really surprised a bit like the child that you were talking about colette because her roommate had just had a single story of what it meant if you came from Nigeria. Right. And that's really got me thinking about this whole work around race and identity. For so long, we've been living with one single story and we've all inadvertently played our roles in allowing that single story to be perpetuated. 
And in terms of the future, what I want is a whole range of anti-racist stories that really change the single narrative about what it means to be a citizen, well, in the UK anyway, where we are based, that all of our stories come in and all of our stories shape the future. So what I would really love, I think, is schools who've been involved in this program that we hear their voices and that their voices help to shape the narrative around what it means to be anti-racist with love, with passion, with care, with commitment, with a focus on wholeness. And I suppose one of the ways I'm gonna, you know, personally help facilitate that, and I think I must be mad, but I wanna do a PhD starting in September. And the focus will be race, identity and wholeness. And so all of that will feed into one, the programme, but also, you know, I'll be interviewing head teachers and school leaders and getting their stories around themselves, how we link race with wholeness and having that to be something that I hope will serve the sector in the future. So that's, yeah, that, they're my two sort of things around the future for this work. Wow, sounds fantastic. Uh, very exciting. I'm sure a lot, lot of people will be really interested to hear, to hear more about that work and those, those conversations. And uh, you, Colette, kind of hopes for the for the school community, for the children in, in your school and, and the staff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're going to continue the journey. And I'm really excited about opening up a lot more of the discussions with the children, because now the teachers feel confident. They can facilitate conversations that perhaps previously they'd be more fearful of doing. Um, and engage parents in that, so inform parents what children are interested in and talking about, and allow children to um, shape and change our school day and some of the things that we look at that will be beneficial then for everybody, in the same way that we would take their opinions on everything. Um, so I'm really excited about it, actually. Really excited. About it. And, and as you were saying earlier, Viv, you know, incredible to think about about the change in terms of those children and their experiences of race yeah. versus, yeah. you know, um, what staff or adults would say about their, their own schooling. Really exciting. And anything else either of you would like to share with our listeners before we close? I don't think so. For me, I mean, one of the things that I say at the very beginning of the programme is, I think we have an obligation to think about, you know, will we be want to be seen as good ancestors? This work is about ancestry. This is this work is about laying the foundations, you know, for the future so that young, our young people can say, yeah, Caroline, Viv, Colette or whatever. They were our good ancestors because of the work that they did around this work. And we're now inheriting a better place to live in, a better place where we can be fully well in the world and not have to hide away or or face discrimination and racism because people chose to do the right thing. Mm. So that's my final bit, yeah. A very powerful note to end on. And Colette, anything from you? I would just echo the time is now is not to be quiet. Time is to, mm. to speak out and have what has been such a hidden agenda become one of empowerment for our young people for the future, mm. which I think we have mm. the opportunity, so much to do now. Um, and so, yeah, that's my hope for the future that we don't sweep that away and lose that opportunity, but we really grasp it and move forward together. Well, 
thank you. I'm sure a lot of people will be inspired um, to to learn more about the work that you've been been doing after, as a result of this podcast, um, and also um, think about what what more they can be doing in in their schools. So thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today, and thank you very much for listening. Key Voices is produced by the Key giving education leaders the knowledge to act. Members of the Key for School Leaders can access hundreds of articles on the latest issues in education at keysupport.com. And please tell us what you think of the podcast. Rate, review and subscribe or email me at caroline.doherty at with your thoughts and suggestions.